0: Read and hear more about important news, events, and public policy debates at ncnewsline.com. This is News and Views.
1: Welcome to News and Views. I'm your host, Rob Schofield. Well, as I hope you're aware by now, the state's March 5th primary election is right around the corner. Early in-person voting starts this Thursday, and it's already possible to obtain a ballot to vote by mail. Unfortunately, as we've discussed previously on News & Views, this year's election will be accompanied by a raft of new laws that state legislators have clearly enacted to make voting much more of a chore, especially for people of low income, those with less free time on their hands, and those less likely to have a current photo ID. All that said, the election is on, and voters have to make the best of the new rules. Unfortunately, some smart advocates are doing their best to educate and motivate voters, and recently I caught up with one of our state's best, Common Cause of North Carolina Associate Director, Sailor Jones. Welcome back to News and Views. Good to have you back with us.
0: Couldn't be better to be with you, Rob. Thanks so much for having
1: me. Early in-person voting in the March primary about to get underway. A lot of new stuff in play. Maybe you could, if you don't mind, I know you've been talking to lots of people about this. Maybe remind our listeners of some of the the key dates and things they should know that have kind of changed about elections in North Carolina as we get ready for this new one.
0: Absolutely. With early voting starting in a couple of weeks and absentee ballots going out, even now, we've been doing a statewide tour yet again to educate voters about all of the changes to elections. Obviously, Rob, many voters only vote in those presidential elections, unfortunately. A lot has changed in the past four years in North Carolina And so we are slowly educating all 100 counties about new barriers to voting access that are in place since 2023, new elections changes that may be on hold by the courts now, but may be in place for the general election. And obviously what a lot of people are talking about, all of the redistricting changes that will impact who you're voting for sometimes where you're voting and your ability to make your voice heard in a truly democratic way in the great state of North Carolina. So obviously voter ID is on many folks' minds. We kicked off this tour to educate voters back in 2023, and we were hearing even then from county election officials that during the municipal cycle, which is obviously much smaller than what we're going to see in the primary in general, that voters were having a lot of concerns about things like their reasonable resemblance to their ID or how their name matches their registration name. And so county boards of elections officials are asking us, advocates all across the state, to make sure that voters likely have the right ID. They just merely need to show it to poll workers and have them walk them through the process of making sure their vote can count. Obviously, also of a big concern is the reasonable impediment exception Mm -hmm. form that folks can fill out if they do not have the requisite ID. And obviously, there are a bunch of IDs that can be used in North Carolina, expired one year or less. And also an exception form with many different reasons why voters may not be able to show their ID. Reasons not why you might not have an ID, but why you can't show it that day. So we're walking people through that process to make sure when they vote provisionally, because they don't have an ID, that they're completing that exception form. And if they complete it right, their vote will count or should count. In North Carolina. Last thing I want to say, Rob, is obviously there were some big changes from the legislature. As you well know, Senate Bill 747, the elections omnibus bill changed everything from how we vote absentee in the state to the access that partisan poll observers have to election officials when they go to the polls. Senate Bill 749, the elections takeover bill, as we're calling it, <laughs> would change county boards and state board of election constructs to even numbers based on party potentially creating gridlock in our elections and uh, gridlock over things like even early voting, the most popular way people vote in the state. A lot of litigation around those happening right now. Some parts are on hold, some parts are not. And as you well know, there are also four lawsuits now challenging the new round of partisan gerrymanders we have in the state. So a lot to talk to communities across the state about, about not only election changes for the primary, but also what they're likely to see when they go to the polls in October and November
1: as well. Obviously, it's a, it's a training matter just for the thousands of poll workers and volunteers we have. You're going to have, you can imagine a situation where a poll worker, you know, one of the thousands in one county may be paying as close attention to the instructions as they should have. And That's right. Boy, that can really be, cause problems for individual voters who may just be trying to exercise their constitutional rights. Yeah, Rob, we
0: just came from the State Board of Elections Winter Conference. This is a typical seasonal conference where they meet with County Board of Elections members and directors and staff to talk about all these elections changes and how counties should be navigating it. It was clear from those discussions with election officials that there is still, unfortunately, large disparities between county to county about how people are interpreting these laws, even as the state board of elections provides good guidance. So once again, in North Carolina, your zip code may determine how easy it is to vote in one of the highest profile elections of our time. So it's up to County Board of Elections staff beleaguered as they are by budget cuts and advocates like Common Cause and CNR partners to do the heavy lifting of helping voters navigate these changes. And one last thing I wanted to share, there are even changes to the voter registration form in the past several weeks with new requirements in uh, Section section 3. So you'll even be seeing new types of registration forms. In these elections, we're encouraging people to include their email and phone number when they can on those forms so they can be contacted if there are problems with getting ready to vote as well.
1: Tell us a little bit more about the voter ID requirement. We know there are several forms of ID that will work. What happens if, you know, I've moved since my driver's license was issued and I haven't gotten around to getting DMV to change that? Is that going to cause a problem for me or could it?
0: Well, yes, Rob, you're right on the money there. That's a frequently asked question we're hearing from voters is about, does my address, for example, need to be accurate and matched exactly to my registration address? No, your ID is for identification purposes, not to verify where you live. So that's one important thing to know. But we're encouraging people anytime they move, even if it's proximal to the election, that they go ahead and register to vote again. That is the law and that's what we're telling people to do. But obviously, Rob, same-day registration has been an important safety net for folks who cannot get their registration forms in within 25 days of the election. And same-day registration has also been under attack by the legislature in the near term. So if you're going to use same-day registration uh, you have problems with the registration. We're encouraging people to use that 17-day early voting period where people can register and vote same day. But a big problem with SDR as we call it in shorthand uh, this time around comes from that Senate Bill 747 law that went into effect in 2023. And that is a new mail verification requirement that's a part of that new law. So for example, you go to register and vote same day. What would normally happen in 2023 is you receive two forms of mail verification. If those forms of mail verification Bounce back based on the address you put on your registration form, then your registration may be canceled, but your ballot would still count that you cast the same day you registered. under 747. That's not the case. You get one mail verification at the address you listed. If that bounces back for whatever reason, even if it's just a failure of the USPS, not only will your registration be canceled, but your ballot will be canceled as well. Your vote will be canceled as well. That's why a court has put that particular provision on hold. It will likely not be in place for the primary, but who knows, friend, for the general, whether it will. So we're asking people if you registered or you register now with the deadline coming up this week, you should put a mailing address on the form where you can receive mail, just to make sure that you don't fall into those gaps of the law that are coming out of the long legislative session.
1: We're talking with Sailor Jones, who's the associate director of Common Cause in North Carolina, about the many changes to North Carolina election law that are taking effect as we head toward the Super Tuesday March 5th primary. Another issue. It seems that a lot of these sailor point to the fact that acting early, not waiting around, staying on top of this stuff is probably a good idea. And that seems to be the case when you're voting by mail. A lot of states have been going to the direction of let's make voting by mail the preferred system and let's make it easy for people to do it. But here we seem to be going the other direction. In fact, if your ballot doesn't get in, am I right, if it doesn't get in by Election Day, even if you mailed it a week ahead of time and the Postal Service screwed up, it ain't going to count, right?
0: Yeah, that's a big change that's coming in from 747, Senate Bill 747 as well. Is in prior elections before this primary, there was a thing called the three day grace period, meaning you had three business days after election day for the USPS to deliver your absentee by mail ballot if it was postmarked by election day. And this three-day grace period even failed some people in North Carolina during those high-profile USPS delays that we had, for example, during the pandemic in 2020. In Wake County, for example, a married couple sent in their ballot on October 22nd, well before the November election day. The husbands counted, the wives did not, even with the three-day grace period. So if you were largely dependent on USPS, even if you voted two, three weeks out, And if it didn't get in in time, it didn't count. Well, the reality is the three-day grace period is eliminated under Senate Bill 747, meaning it needs to get in by the end of Election Day, 730 on Election Day, when the polls close. This is going to be a major burden for a lot of people who, through no fault of their own, get their ballot in on time, but it does not show up in time. There are other problems with absentee voting as well. For example, um, the ID requirement still applies to those voting by mail. You are asked to put a photocopy of your valid photo ID in with your absentee ballot. Again, you got to get two signatures from a witness or a notary on that ballot, sign the forms and go through that process. A lot of people, county boards of elections, directors included, are warning us to remind voters, do not send your real ID in, send a photocopy. But fortunately, one of the exceptions just for mail-in voters is I don't have a photocopier, uh, which is true for a lot of North Carolinians. So we're encouraging people to once again, just as they would in person, if they can't show that ID because they can't make a photocopy, Fill out the exception form. That's an exception on the form. Sign it and send it in with your absentee ballot. But obviously, Rob, all of these are convoluted processes made more difficult by these legislative changes from 2023. And it will be all of our jobs to educate voters as best we can to help them make their voices heard.
1: So, for those who haven't memorized all of the information we've discussed here, <laughs> Immediately, might what might be a good place to learn more? They should maybe go to one of your tour events, or perhaps go online somewhere. What what's your best advice? Yes, absolutely.
0: So the State Board of Elections, uh, even though they've had their budget slashed by the legislature. Are doing yeoman's work yo person's work rob to make (laughs) sure that information is on their website some very helpful things on their website is navigating the voter ids they do an exceptional job of outlining voter ids the exceptions to voter ids as well as a voter lookup that helps you Find whether your registration is valid at your current address, where to go on election day, and what your sample ballot looks like. That's rule number one. But we are doing a 100-county tour to educate people about all the ins and outs of this, including redistricting changes and how your district may have changed for this election cycle. We're encouraging folks to go to ccnc.me slash UniteNCED, NCed to find out more about the tour and also the resources that we're providing to every single person who comes. Rob, you get an FAQ of all the questions that have been asked statewide with answers. You get a resource booklet you can share with your network slides and guides. They look great in church, at book club, at a Tupperware party. So we're encouraging people to attend in person and online if they
1: can. And you can just if you just do a web search for Common Cause North Carolina, their Unite NC tour, I'm, I guarantee it'll come up. I did it myself. Front and center, broad. Thank you so much. Yes, that's right. So thanks so much, man. Keep up the good work. I know you got a tough job, but we really appreciate the service to the state. And there's so much more I need to ask you about. And we'll undoubtedly get together in the very near future to talk about our legislature's return this spring and some of the things they should be fixing in the aftermath of this election. So uh, we'll look forward to that.
0: Fixing or not make worse, Rob. So thank you so much for the time.
1: Coming up next, one of the state's top pollsters tells us what voters are thinking about some of the key primary election races. Don't go away.